Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. Shanti, we gotta buy some shit like this and then do this and make money. Yeah. Okay, that's the plan. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Yizzo! Hey, girl, hey. Oh, hi. Hi. How are you? Look at us. <laughs> Don't get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, what, this is what we could be if Shanti would just take the leap get and the move fuck out of here. to no New way. York and stop playing with we me. can't. You can, though. Yeah. Some soon come, but even if I had millions of dollars, I probably Why do you wouldn't. Think you need millions I just of feel dollars? like to live a quality life in New York, you need a lot of fucking money. And hey, it's I'm all not about trying to come to your New heart. York. You know, you just gotta be good in your heart and know, like, when you're poor, it's all for a reason, right? And just enjoy the city as best as you can. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah. I'm, I'm staying. <laughs> what about Jersey? It. Sorry, no. <laughs> I love that because we we don't want y'all to be quiet. So y'all, we are joined this week. You can intro them, but we are good. We had a guest last week, J and XD, right? Yeah, we were guests on theirs, and then we we used the recording. Yes, and shout out to us for <laughs> pirating. Um, but we are joined. I know Shanti, you reached out. You wanted to make this connection, so go ahead and intro our wonderful guests. We are joined by Erica and Mila from Good Moms Bad Choices. Hello. And the folks wanted y'all on. Yeah, a lot of people were like, I I can't wait to see y'all together. So I've been following you guys for a minute. So this is this is full circle moment. And shout out to us in New York doing up big. We did it. We got your ass to New York. We flew our asses to New York. So we here. Making shit happen. Came up in the RAV4. Welcome. For those of you who aren't familiar with these lovely ladies, I'm just going to read the script so you can get an idea of their um, theme, their their vibe. Um, Erica Mila of Good Moms, Bad Choices is a podcast, would be a podcast if Oprah and Howard Stern had a baby. <laughs> it would be Good Moms, Bad Choices. Meet Erica and Mila, two uncensored, uncensored sex and cannabis positive parents who are redefining what modern mother motherhood looks like. Girl. I can't read <laughs> and apparently i'm drunk as well so, <laughs> apparently you might need to untuck twist this sentence i thought i was reading you know how i do it i read i'm like oh, um <laughs> girl but i'm happy to be with other mo- i we've never had other mothers on the podcast never? Girl, jade is a mom why no, would you do we, that like <laughs> we will talk about motherhood with Jade, Jade don't want to talk about her kids, so <laughs> and you probably don't either. But I think I'm gonna force that anyway. No, it's, it's but before we get into it, just some some housekeeping really quickly. We do want to make sure that folks keep in mind that June third and fourth date, we will be at the Roots Picnic doing our live show. Yes. So make sure you get your tickets. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And then please continue to rate, subscribe. Hit us up on the voicemails. We have some really good voicemails that we need to play. And next week, Shanti and I will be back with our regularly scheduled program. Lots of politics as usual. Lots of interesting and engaging topics and conversations of which we have no answers. All questions. (laughs) Join us then. So it'll be a little bit different today. We're just going to dive into the topic. So I am obsessed with euphoria Yesterday was the uh, season finale, um, and I am both traumatized as well as enamored by these young <laughs> beings and the lives that they lead. And so when I first started watching it, my immediate reaction as a mother was like, oh my fucking God, are kids really out here living like this, doing these things. And it made me really fearful for my baby girl. And I didn't know if it was just like white kids are doing this shit. I don't know if black kids are doing this shit. It was just, I felt very old and like 
I have no idea what's going on with the youth. Like what what's happening? So I was excited to talk with you guys and I kind of skimmed through some of the topics and I didn't quite see this topic, your perspective, your ideas around this. So I wanted to talk to you guys about how are you introducing sex to your children in the age of euphoria? Because you have you have young, you both have daughters. Um, I have an 11 year old. You have six little, and seven. Yeah, yeah. You got little littles. Mm-hmm. But I but I still think it's important if not even now to kind of like start building and planting those seeds around like how we even begin to talk about these things and first of all you guys may not have the same response to euphoria as I did Antina I don't even know exactly how you guys feel how you feel about it but like all two of us like (laughs) what What's your general response, first of all, around those children? Well, do you want to go? Oh, I was going to say, Erica and I (laughs) grew up in very white spaces. Okay. So you got the inside school. Erica and I both went to high school and junior high, and all of our school experiences in predominantly white areas being the minority black children and probably pretty prominent areas where we grew up around kids whose families were rich. So you have access to more shit. So I think, um, the answer is we have no fucking clue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also like, I I mean, I don't want to speak for Erica. I wasn't super wild in high school, but probably I wouldn't say as wild as euphoria. There's a lot like more drugs. I feel like that there's excess access to, but I don't know. I'm very much in a, like, let's be honest and talk real shit at an age appropriate time. When I watched euphoria, I thought, Oh wow, this is relatable content. Honestly, not, not to the, maybe not to the extent Mm -hmm. that and, and to be honest, I haven't seen season two. I'm going purely based off season one, which in itself was pretty, I think, um, shocking for most. Um, but people were doing meth at, at my school. Really? Really? Damn, they was doing. I never was doing meth at my school. People <laughs> were doing meth. They were doing speed. They were doing coke. Oh. They were doing. They were, we were. I mean, I was. Smoke, I started smoking weed when I was twelve. I mean, like, I, I didn't. I didn't indulge in those things. I was just just in, into the cannabis part of things. Um, but mm. those type of drugs were around. Uh, and so when I saw that, I actually was like, wow, finally someone's talking about this because this has been happening, at least in, in where I grew up. Um, I mean, people were going to rehab in ninth grade and 10th yeah. grade. Oh, my God. So, and, and granted, like she said, these are more affluent um Families areas. and areas. Their, the access was higher. They were t- They were taking their parents' drugs. So I've never been happier to grow up poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it becomes a different ball game when yeah. you're amongst kids who have um, more access. And I, th- I think when you have kids who have come from families that have a lot of money and have a lot of access, there's l- a lot of times a lot less time for those parents to be present in those kids' lives. So they're raising themselves. They're being raised by the help, by nannies. And so mm. there's a lot less like hands-on shit happening they're just like oh yeah go do whatever like i'm i'm almost positive erica and i had experiences that like others like when i was like 15 i went to like the saint regis fucking orange county with like 10 kids 10 other boys and girls from the high school in a limousine and we got dropped off for the weekend and had like five rooms like Mm. free to fuck free to do whatever because I don't know we were just trusted in that way but there was a lot of opportunities to do things I think that now as a mom and as a parent I'd be like what the fuck where are you going no you know Mm -hmm. but I, I do think that as much as my parents didn't talk to me about certain shit which could have probably benefited if I felt like we could be more comfortable to have real conversations and I wasn't afraid that, um, I don't know. Like, I just feel like it doesn't prevent the shit from happening, but as long as we have an open line of communication to talk about it, at least you're going to be prepared for what comes with certain decisions. I think also our, like I, like you said, our kids are six and seven. So, you know, we're not necessarily having, you know, conversations that are euphoria level at this Mm -hmm. point, but we talk about sex with our kids. I mean, and, and sex 
FR6 means like body parts. Like Mm -hmm. it's an ongoing conversation. And I think that eventually we'll actually get to, not eventually, we will, we'll get to the act of sex. We'll get to, you know, drugs. We'll get to all these things. We don't hide the fact that we are cannabis consumers from our children. That in itself is already, we've already had that conversation. It's an ongoing conversation. I don't hide the fact that I smoke weed. My my daughter knows mommy's gonna go smoke her flowers outside. It's not a secret. So I think that a lot of times parents make the mistake of waiting for this age appropriate age to start having conversations and they need to know it's not just one, it's many, Mm -hmm. it's about a hundred plus because if you really want to create the space of, of communication with your child and a level of trust between your child, I think it's really important for you to get uncomfortable being uncomfortable. I was just, I'm, I'm actually, I'm staying with a friend right now and she was telling me how, um, her, she's basically adopted this 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 girl and she's so open with her to the point where it makes her super uncomfortable. The girl is open with her? Yes, mm-hmm. but she's like, I'm really grateful that she's this open, but also I'm like, do we need boundaries? Like, yeah. this is a lot. And I was like, honestly, be thankful yeah. that she's open to talking to you about these type of things. I think it's a really interesting approach because I remember um, my parent, my well, I won't say, but there were things that were hidden from me that they did do. And and I was really frustrated and angry when I got to an age where I understood that and was like, why the fuck were you lying? It's like, insulting what is your this intelligence. Yeah. It is. And it feels like there's a level of distrust between you and that person. And then it was like, well, if you're going to you know, lie and be hypocritical, then, then so will I kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. So I remember feeling really a visceral response and like a, just an anger of like, who, like you walk around here holier than thou, but Mm -hmm. you are, you are actually taking part in the same things that you're telling me Me not to, I would be thrown out the house Mm -hmm. for. So why don't we talk about this? And you explain to me Mm -hmm. why this is not age appropriate. And that's how I felt. And that's exactly how I felt growing up too. And I think that's why me and Mila have taken a different approach at raising our children because we didn't have those conversations with Mm -hmm. our parents. Our parents went in the back garage and came back looking all faded and smelling (laughs) like incense. And that bit, that was not motherfucking incense, you know? And like the conversation wasn't had but the first time I smoked weed I got in so much trouble mm. I was oh my god it was the end of the world and mm. I was like I was shamed to no end and meanwhile my mom was smoking that's weed that's the thing the shame component of it. yeah and I just feel like I get the disappointment it's it's I get the dis- really it's almost like you're disappointed in yourself because you're seeing your child do the shit that you're doing and maybe you feel a little bit disappointed that you're doing it so you really if you feel so dis- deeply disappointed in the fact that your child is indulging in the same thing that you are then you need to check and see why is it that you're indulging in it mm. you know so I think that having honest conversations with your kids young is, I think it's the best policy. I mean, I know some people listening might have older kids and you're like, fuck, I'm too late. Like, I didn't do it. I didn't start this conversation. It's, it's never too it's late. It's never to too combo. late. It's never too late. It's never too late to like be honest with your kid to me. Like, you know what? I'm sorry that I didn't, that I wasn't honest with you, but I'm ready to be honest now. And let's start here because I feel like that creates a level of trust and a line of communication that hopefully will carry on far beyond childhood and into adulthood and change and shape the relationship that you really want to have with your kid. Mm. Internet for my parents, my parents smoked weed all while I was growing up, I would come into the house. They, They weren't like at all cannabis positive, but they didn't hide it. And it just was kind of commonplace. I don't think what was commonplace was around sex. And right. I think I'm not I'm not as disturbed or taken aback for about the drugs on euphoria as I am around the lack of parents being involved in these relationships and the sex lives of these kids. And I'm I'm pretty confident, God, who knows what's gonna happen, but I'm not worried about my daughter around Sex, I mean, excuse me, around drugs as much as I'm concerned around her being involved in these toxic relationships and these tropes of just like trauma and toxic masculinity and like just being totally wrapped up in it and having no grounding person to be like, girl, or, you know, whoever, like, listen, let me, let me take you. Let me hold you close. Let's, let's talk through this. So I think, did, I'm asking, did your parents have any involvement around sex and like relationships and the nuances of all of that? Absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. growing up, 
it wasn't a, like I had a boyfriend growing up who's actually my baby daddy, and he he was allowed to sleep over my house. Word. Wow. So which was not wow. that that is not a common thing in a black household. No, I realize that. Um, but in the same in the same like also, <laughs> um, when I for like I think they found birth control in my bed and there was like a whole blow up. I got pregnant in high school. I got an abortion behind their back. They found out the day because my school called my parents and they were like, she's not here. And there was like a whole falling out. Um, even though when they found the birth control, I was in big trouble. No one had a conversation with me. There's all these so levels. they let your boyfriend spend the night. And, and, the, like, and there what? wasn't even that boyfriend I got pregnant with. <laughs> um, but I think after that happened, they just... Like that was a very in their mind, I guess, safe boyfriend, and like they knew his parents, and so like that was the boyfriend they allowed to stay over. And I never got pregnant by him until I was an adult, and we have this child. Is only you know, but I, I, it wasn't a conversation we had. Um, there was really no conversation that was had, and I was hypersexual. Mm-hmm. I was fucking. Mm-hmm. And and I would say I was fucking I was fucking older men I was lying about my age I was fucking a porn star in like high school like there there was definitely conversations that should have been had I feel like and I think that's the thing with parenthood now I think we really make it a point to reflect on the things that didn't work for us in our childhoods and our adolescence and really try really hard to implement things differently as as parents now and i i i can i can <laughs> i can look back now and and be like okay well the fact that like masturbation wasn't talking about mm, self pleasure yeah. um that like you know, first of all, I think the basic shit is, is like we're human and like 90% of us are going to want to fuck, especially girls. Let's all face it. We're some horny ass bitches. You know, like 90% of the conversations I have with my friends, probably like 75 is like sex, dick, big Sean's dick. Ah! You know, like we're always constantly like it's, it's a human factor. So to remove it and act like it doesn't exist, even with our kids is, is, is not smart, and I think that's where the guilt and the shame comes from. And I think, and my parent, how, my parenting style now. Obviously, they're only six and seven, but I try to be really open. And like when questions come up, I try to really make examples out of having um, trustworthy male friends, mm-hmm. um, having trustworthy male friends around, letting them understand the boundaries of how that looks like to be around a respectful man. I try to really make it a point to not make it a like a a huge thing that men will hurt you and attack you and to be careful, put your clothes on. There's a man around because I really want to stress in my child's life as a, as a young woman that you choose the men that you keep and there's a responsibility in that. And there are going to be men that are, weird and violative and you have is that a word that makes it up violative (laughs) (laughs) they're violative (laughs) but but that you know like mostly what i teach is to trust your intuition Mm, i love that yeah how can i create a very empowered woman or young woman where it's like I can't control the factors outside of you, but I can control or at least try to instill in you who you keep close to you, who you trust and trusting your instinct where if some shit don't feel right, you're like, right. oh, I'm good on you, my nigga. Or and understanding that men are not supposed to violate you. And if you're in the company of a man that you think may trust that shit and cut them the fuck off. So I think that's where and and granted I don't have the manual to this shit and I don't have all the answers and I don't know how well that's going to come across because we're only at seven years old Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to normalize the things that I know are inevitably going to come up so that you she can talk to me and not go talk to her little friends who don't know shit and like even to the point where I didn't tell you this but like sometimes when we're watching movies first of all I hate kid movies which I have to get better at but like When things come up on TV and questions are asked, I probably not, I try not to do the thing where I put my hand over their face or like, get the fuck out of that room. Because I'm like, okay, that's going to start to cause curiosity. And actually these are, you may not be here with me watching this movie, but there's going to be other situations where in media things are going to come up. And I want you to not have this hyper sense of curiosity about what that is or like, cause that's what it was for me growing up. I didn't, no one talked to me about it and I just wanted to fuck. Mm. Cause that's what I was hearing about. Like, 
oh, you did what? You got finger banged? Oh, oh, oh I want to do that. Oh, like it just became this like uh, forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. But I just think that like the other day the girls were at my house before we left and I was folding clothes and they wouldn't get out and I was watching um, Bad Mom Christmas because I thought it was like whatever, like a light movie to watch and then it started and I was like, these bitches keep saying dick. <laughs> <laughs> and there was like a, a sexy Santa strip tease and the girls were like just sitting on me. <laughs> I, there was a fucking couch full of clothes and I was like, there's nowhere to sit. Like, why the fuck are you guys out here? Go in the room. They're like, no, we want to sit next to you. I'm like, Ugh. but then I didn't want to like rapidly change the channel. So I was just trying to like be chill. And then the fucking sexy Santa strip tease came on and they're like, yeah, take it off. They're like sexy Santa. I was like, okay, let's just watch Adam's family. <laughs> so then it went off and then Irie goes to Luna. Who did you think was a sexy Santa? Oh, no. Oh my <laughs> I was like, God. Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> and I was just like, I didn't even say anything. I was just like, <laughs> I was waiting to see what she was gonna say. That the, you know what? That's the thing though. I, I, I don't have any children, right? I'm not a mother. But I remember um all of the things around sex. I, I unfortunately suffered rape and sexual abuse as a child. So the sex talk that I got was, you know, finally these are your private parts, this is where babies are from. You don't do this until you're married. People will violate you. Fear, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Coming from a place of fear. Um, and the thing that saddened me the most is when I wanted, when I finally felt like, okay, I'm going to have sex, I, I had a conversation with my father about it. And I said, this is what I'm thinking. And he took a deep breath. And I, and I lived with him and it was like a very big moment. He was like, okay, we're going to take you to the gynecologist. But he didn't talk to me about the emotional components of mm-hmm. it and and no one talked to me about my own pleasure mm-hmm. and the conversation around sex never it never. never happens and it, it and and i'm i'm sure that would have been really hard for him to do especially like he doesn't even have the body that i have right but i wish that there could have been someone mm. to show me that it it's so interesting to me like i went to the sex club with our home my our homegirl mandy and um and just observed and i saw a sense of community there mm-hmm. where it was like people were sh- were really engaging in pleasure and a really respectful and um honest way and i i remember stepping back and thinking i wish someone would have done this for me so i wasn't just for the taking and when i see euphoria I, I I watch those young girls and I think like, wow, their bodies are in service to everyone but themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so sad. But I also, without being a mom, I don't even know like when is the time to talk about that. I remember saying to my mom, something's wrong with me. Um, I like I, I'm feeling like a pulse. And it was my clitoris. Beating. Beating. Knock, knock. Beating. Knock, knock. And she, <laughs> and she, it's and me. She was like, boom, boom, boom. I remember her just saying, oh, shut up. You're just being horny. And, and, and didn't explain it. And just, oh, like, she didn't have time. My mother is Italian, but she did not have time for that shit. She had to get the work. She was like, girl, <laughs> shut the fuck. You are horny. Just relax and go away. But I wish someone would have taken the time. Like, th- that's what that part of your body is. And this is. And and I didn't get that, but I'm curious to know, like, will you do that? How will you Absolutely. approach it? And also, we're talking about men, but, like, we don't know if Joe is going to be interested in men. Word. She could be interested in women. She might not be a she in a couple of years. So it's <laughs> it's really just about, like, exploration and, again, pleasure and honing that pleasure as being, like, activism and being their freedom, right? And I don't know how to do I'm, I'm, that I'm, I'm for so the happy. I'm like I'm so happy that, that you brought up like your experience at the sex club and and people listening please follow because people are like bitch how do we just jump from the kids to the sex party but I because do, I felt like a child there but but I but I do agree <laughs> that there is this radical community like the like the object of a bunch of black people brown and black people being there to be in service to one another to hold a safe space and pleasure is so radical for us because pleasure a for women hasn't been very much like prioritized Mm -hmm. and, and and not for black people because there are other things to get through. You know, there's other things to get to like survival. And so pleasure is a foreign concept. So I do think that it is something, there is this like majestical lesson in going into these communities because it's not like you have to participate. You don't have to, it's not like this raunchy um, situation where it's like, Oh, I always like, it's like a, 
like a, a love cult, you know, like, oh, hello, hi, radical yeses, radical honesty, trust. And I think that's something that we don't get to see in our communities. So like even, f I don't know at what point, I think it first starts with self-pleasure and giving our kids a safe place to do that wow. and understand that, yeah, everyone does it. Mommy does it. It's okay to bring your self-pleasure. In fact, this is, you know, what it's there for. If your ha hands are washed and the door is clean, I mean, the door is closed and, you know, it's by yourself, this is the appropriate time to indulge in that. Whereas I think it's such an uncomfortable conversation for parents realizing that, hello, your kids are human and at some point they're going to discover their body parts that have reactions because that's just the nature of our bodies. And instead of um, shying away from it because it's uncomfortable and scary, leaning into it and every time it's uncomfortable practicing having conversations that you're continuously, you know, instilling that message, pleasure alone, whatever pleasure, just this, this, just the things within self mm -hmm. first, and then hope that you're giving them the message that they don't have to include anybody, man or woman or whatever, in the equation as long as it doesn't first satisfy them. I Do think, you feel that within... The, oh, I'm sorry. Go sorry, ahead. I was going to say that I think a lot of people shy away from this topic because they assume that when they have... Even just not even the sex topic, but just all uncomfortable topics because they assume that if they have this conversation, they're encouraging their child to, in, to do these things, whether it's in, they're encouraging their child to smoke weed, they're in encouraging their child to have sex by talking to them about sex. Um, so again, yeah, I agree. I think a lot of times too, like you may, you may never walk in on your child self-pleasuring. That doesn't mean that the conversation doesn't need to be had. You don't wait for that moment because I, you're like, I mean, your daughter's 11. She's probably figured out she has a vagina at this point and may, may have been, may have already started to explore and you don't even know, you know, I think that these conversations have to be had as uncomfortable or not as they are. I mean, we had on um, a sex educator, her name is Michelle Hope. She's actually out here, based out here in New York. Um, and she was she's an advocate for giving teenagers vibrators so that they can explore their own sexual pleasure first. So it isn't their first experience isn't with a 16-year-old a, a boy whose only reference of sex is porn mm -hmm. and inserting his dick in you to come, right. you know? And, and I agree with that. You know, I mean, whether it's a vibrator or whether it's your own hands, not saying, hey, go masturbate, but like, it's going to happen, you know? And you're entitled to this. Yeah. And, and introducing it at a time where you feel like it's age appropriate or it's happening or, okay, well, listen, even, you know, me and Erica both advocate for like, and I, we've both done it, like putting a mirror to our daughter's vaginas. You know, like, this is how you clean your vagina. Oh, you want to see what it looks like? This is what it looks like. Because how long did it take for us to actually get down and dirty with our shit and understand? Most women haven't still. Still. How you know, do you like, don't know what, what their pussy looks like? But I, 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 Jesus. I, yeah, yeah. But I'm a strong advocate for, I think by, like, even like, we've had, I'm a, I'm nude all the time. I'm a naked bitch, you know, and that's in front of people I trust. If you're in my house, I might be naked. So it's like, it's, it's not sexual. It's just what it is. But I think people are so detached from themselves and from their bodies. Like, even when I say that for some people, it's triggering. Oh, like I take baths and showers with my kid. I don't know how the fuck it's triggering. She literally came from my vagina, but it's <laughs> like, people have these limits. Oh, well, after a certain age, she shouldn't see you naked or whatever. And obviously with boys and moms and dads, it's different. Everyone has different like levels of comfortability. But I do feel like by removing that part of us, we are disassociating with a part of ourselves. You know what I mean? Like I, I had a, a, a friend who has a daughter who's like 15 and she's like, no, I'm not letting her wear no two pieces. She's developed. She got breasts and titties. I'm not letting her do Shame. that. Shame. And I was like, Shame. well, this is the body she's going to have for mm -hmm. the rest of her life. What message are you telling her by telling her she can't wear a two-piece and that's what she wants to do. That's what makes her feel good. I'm like, it's not her fault she's developed. That's just not the nature of it. I'm like, her body isn't, like a lot of times adults sexualize children and don't realize they're doing it and they make it seem like you're crazy for saying, hey, you're actually projecting some sexual shit, which a child is nine times out of 10 not even considering or thinking about. They're
They're just existing. Let kids fucking exist. Even teenagers should be able to exist without first considering if they're being tantalizing in some way. You know, let me first exist and be comfortable in my body because that's a part of knowing my full self, holding a mirror to my vagina. Like I understand the functions and 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 my body, and there's nothing shameful or sexual about it. And then we can talk about these adding people and things to that equation. But first, I think it's very important, especially as women, because oftentimes we are put in the media to satisfy a man. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. If I can do this, then the man's going to stay. If I perform, then a nigga's going to stay. And that's just, we all know that's not true. So I think that's that's super important, too. Also very, it's not empowering at all. No. I think, you know, it, it's also focusing on touch at a young age and not a bad touch or a good touch or a safe touch but just touch in general because it's like I, I was talking with a friend who's a man and he's just like you go from being a young boy and you get hugged and you get mm-hmm. kissed and you get loved up on and then you become this man and the only touch that you get becomes this hypersexual thing mm. and he was reflecting how a lot of fuck boys may just be touched starved Mm. and it's like learning teaching kids and we have like a little co-op and they're young and they're all together they're mixed age and I was just thinking about how touch becomes such a provocative thing at the snap of a finger like you grow in a little bit of titties or like puberty right he's nine don't let them touch each other and touch is such a way that we condition our nervous system it's how we calm down it's how we calm like connect with each other it's how our heartbeat is slowed down it's how oxytocin is released and it becomes this thing like that that's only allowed you're only allowed to be in practice of that for sex in sex and I think it's such a disservice to girls but especially those that identify as men because mm-hmm. they just become, that's the only thing that they think they can like get this human thing. It's, it's human to touch somebody and it doesn't always have to be through the act of sex, but even myself, we're not in practice of like, I, I touch. She, she's very affectionate, <laughs> but I think for most people it's, it's becomes this weird it's foreign. Thing. Well, it's, it's so foreign. I mean it's so layered. Touch is so layered because there's so it has a lot to do with consent. It has a lot to do with and, and fear and like trauma. Yeah, trauma. I was gonna say there's there's a lot of, you know, every person has had their own experiences with touch. 
So it becomes like, oh, I don't know if I can touch her or can I touch she can she accept the same touch that she can accept, even though it's it's a platonic touch, but she might look at it as like an attack touch, or he might look at it as, you know, and it it becomes tricky. Can we ask though? Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm can saying. I touch you? Right. Practice at a young age. Yeah, no, like that's why I'm saying consent. Being so, close, yeah. yeah. Asking, touching, and not having it be this sex hypersexual or dangerous thing that a boy Especially boys. Wants to be hugged. I feel bad for boys. And that's not a popular statement, but I I do. I feel like boys are often put in this category of this predatory category. And that's why I really advocate for not doing that. Even though, I mean, I know men and women are different, but I think there's a lot of um, like socializing around that. And I I don't think that's normal and I don't think that's fair. Mm -hmm. And like I, I said this before, like on our show, I had a friend who was like, yeah, when... He had a very small daughter, but he was like, when she starts to have sleepovers, I'm not going to be in the house when she has sleepovers. I'm not going to be in the house when little girls come over. I'm like, what message are you sending to your child that you need to get out of the house every time there's a fucking sleepover, my nigga? Like, are you a predator? If you're not, then you need to know that you're her father and you're safe and you're loving and that's cool. And it's not okay to perpetuate a message that all boys are going to hurt or touch you and even for me like even you saying this like your child being in this like multi-age uh co-op i was like i was molested by like an older cousin and now when i'm with my like when now that my child is in can be in situations where there's a multitude of different age ranges Mm -hmm. like i I can be chilling and i'll be like where are they at Mm -hmm. (laughs) because my mind Mm -hmm. is going somewhere else because i know not even just older children just children that you don't even children you know well or don't know well, you have no idea what they've been exposed mm-hmm. to. And that's what happened to me. I had a cousin who was raped very early, who then perpetuated that behavior, not even knowing why she was perpetuating that behavior onto other people. And me knowing that now, I'm hyper aware of it, but I also am aware that I'm not trying to project that energy onto my child or onto under other children, assuming that that's going to happen to my child, but also straddling the line that's, of protecting my child. That's so hard for and, and, as parents. And it's like you have to rely on your intuition and rely on your scoping the kids that you're around and like, oh, like knowing the parents or know, just being very aware, you know, being hyper aware and not being uh, fucking elsewhere and not like assuming everything's good, but it, it's difficult. But also being, yeah, it's, it, it is very difficult. And, and there's like, there's no... There's no perfect way to do it. Anything can happen under any circumstance in one second, in five seconds, in one play date. Anything can happen. You can trust the wrong person and think that you're making the best decision. And as like good moms, (laughs) we, I, I would like to, you know, we pride ourselves on making the best decisions for our children. We are always protecting our child to the best of our ability at all times. But like, I'm, I'm, positive my parents weren't making certain assumptions thinking that that was happening Mm -hmm. but it's just like it's it's a part of the I guess a part of the the parenting that you have to cope with and hope that you're giving your child the tools to communicate with you or to another child oh no no I'm cool and preparation I'm cool I I have like autonomy over my body uh, my body and I don't want to do that Mm -mm. Because I didn't. And for a long time as an adult, I'm still struggling with if I have autonomy of my body, not wanting to do something and not saying shit. And I'm like, bitch, why are you not speaking up? You're grown ass. And it's like I'm still functioning in that fear based place over being stuck in someone touching me and me not just immediately being like, I'm cool Mm -hmm. because I feel bad or I feel Mm -hmm. all these Mm -hmm. other things. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, it's just what I'm I'm constantly thinking, what tools did I not have to to be vocal in those situations and giving those tools to my child. Wow. And how do you do that? So what's the practice of that, right? Like how I have, my daughter is, I don't tell her her business. She'll be pissed at me when she's like 14. <laughs> she's yeah. like, what the? That was a violation, mom. <laughs> so I want to be clear on that too. I, I, I don't want to go too much into her business, but she's, um, she's, she is a sweet being. And I see that she's being a nice. 11. You know, being nice thing. And it's like, I have it in myself. And it's like, what what do we have to practice so that when that comes up, it's like, oh, no, I've done this before. I can identify what's happening in this moment right now. It's a it's a firm no for me or it's a it's an open yes. And I'm just trying to figure out what practices 
drills even like sometimes letting your kids tell your ass no i don't want to do this and not fighting it and be like okay cool when she tells me no, yeah, like, I don't well, want to do that. She don't have a problem with that. I'm like respecting that, you know. Sometimes that's it's just very like good, though. you Ooh, practicing accepting their no. There's a lot of good. listeners right now that just, that got, just got very weird. uncomfortable. Well, Internet, <laughs> I just got Internet just was like she like, does. She doesn't play that, but that's mm-mm. word word mm-hmm. that is wow. it right there. I, something that I've started to do is I realize that I was one of these people that just grabs kids. Oh, give me a hug. Give me a kiss. <laughs> and I stopped myself when I was around, um, you know, your daughter, Amanda's kids. And I was like, can I give you a hug? Yeah. Okay. And I remember my godson asking me, and he's also 11, a very young, sweet 11, but his voice is changing a tad. So I'm like, <laughs> but I remember him saying, why did you ask me that? You always just give me a hug. Like he was like kind of disappointed that I asked him. I said, because I just want to make sure that it's okay because it's your body. And he said, okay, I guess that makes sense. And I feel like he got it a little bit. That's those little things. That's so important. And even also I would say like just doing that, leaning on the people that are around your child and letting them know, hey, we're working on this right now. So I need you to participate in this with me. Yeah, lean on the community and have your community, like have a little community pep talk. Like, hey, so my daughter, you know, struggles a little bit with saying no. So when you're around, I, I need you to ask so that she can exercise her yes or no. Those type of ways. Even when you say no, explaining to your daughter afterwards, this is why I said no. Do you understand why I said no? Mm-hmm. So that she yeah, kind yeah, of really, great. so that she fully yeah. understands that she does have autonomy over her body, her choices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she might try to flex a little bit. She might try to flex on you a little bit and, and exercise. She might get a little oh, too, she does. you know, but, but I'd rather, but you'd rather that, right? You'd rather that than that no flexing at all. And, you know, so I think, Mm. I think leading by example, leaning on your community, allowing her to feel like, you know, she's in control in ways, especially now at this age, she's 11. Like this is an important age. This is such a, I remember being 11 and that was around the time where I started to kind of feel like I knew some shit, Mm. you know, like I know some shit. I'm getting, I I know more shit than my parents think I know. And I, that was around the age, too, where I felt like my parents started to insult my intelligence. Mm. And especially now with the access that these kids have, it's way more access than we had. TikTok and all these all these apps and all these things. And and again, I mean, I know your daughter's in homeschooling, but it, which has is, is been pr- probably a really safe space for you. And, you know, when I send my child off to school, I'm at the mercy of the school. I'm at the mercy of I don't know how these children are being raised. You know, I don't know what these kids are telling my kids about, you know, the new shit that's cool or whatever. You know, like even watching even the the things that she watches, some of the ways she talks. My daughter's pretty sassy. And I'd be like, where the fuck? How the fuck? And then I'm like, me. (laughs) Me, you know, and so it's it's really about kind of checking yourself, checking in with your community. Um, I think mm-hmm. are are good places to start with that. In what ways do you wish your child? What what do you wish your child takes away from you in the ways that you model your sexuality? Um, I've been someone asked me this, and uh, but they asked me more like. You posting topless pictures on the internet? Are you telling your kid that that's okay? Um, what I really took away from, like, what I hope that she understands is that you are you, and everyone has the space and the wherewithal to be who they are, and you don't have to be anyone else, and I don't have to be anyone else, and you have to really sit with if that makes you feel good or not. You know, I walk around naked in my house, no matter who comes over, if my kid is over or not, because. I am comfortable in my body and I'm comfortable with the guests that I have in my house. And I know no one in my house is going to violate me and I'm in a safe space. She'll be like, can I, I'm hot. Can I take my shirt off? I'm like, of course it's your house. But I respect that she's asking me because that's her comfort level. I just hope like, you know, especially now they're young and we have a lot of information on the internet pertaining to our sex lives, which is very scary and, you know, not the common situation for most parent-child relationships but all that I hope is that she understands that mommy is who she is and I'm allowed to be who I am and have the wherewithal to choose in a in a way that is safe for her and like that's all I can like 
all I can give her is the empowerment to say, and I've heard her say that, like me and my friends will argue. She'd be like, you can't tell my mom what to do. My mom is a grown woman and she could do what she wants to do because it's her body. Mm. And I'd be like, well, yeah, she said it's true. And I can see my friends looking at me in a way like check her and I won't. Mm. That's the whole power thing. That's a whole <laughs> I mean, other and, conversation. And it, it could bite me in the ass because sometimes she'd be talking shit to me and I'd be like, mm. but I want you to understand. Yes, 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 yes. Even she'd be like, why is he wearing a skirt? That's a boy. I'm like, because he can wear whatever he wants. He feels good in it. That's it. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, like everyone has to do what feels good to them, including you. And that's really what I hope she takes away from, from my internet life. <laughs> uh, I agree with that. I, I just want my daughter to feel empowered in, in her choices. Um, I want her to feel safe in her body. I want her to choose partners that do the same. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think we talked about this on our episode that I've been single for a while. And one of my kind of insecurities over the last few years was that, oh, my God, my daughter's never seen me in love. Mm. Like how this is these are such formidable years mm-hmm. where like she kind of understands what love is and like sees mommy being taken care of by a man in that way, whatever that looks like for me. And how is this going to shape her future? How is this going to shape her relationships with men? And I recently had this epiphany because although I have not been in a, like a very a committed relationship, like had a boyfriend or I, I guess I had a, pr- a practice one, which was not a good example. Um I I do have some really amazing men in my life that know my daughter, that show up for me, that come over to my house and take care of me when I'm sick. That like, for example, my, I call him my brother, but he's not, we're not, we're not blood. Um, But he's my, my, like my daughter's uncle and he comes over and he treats her like a princess and he comes over and he makes my bed. He helps me clean the house. And the other day, like he left and I didn't even realize he had done all this shit in my house. And I went in the room and I was like, oh my God, look at this man that did all this shit for me. And I called my daughter and I said, baby, do you see all this stuff? You see what Uncle Sebastian did? I'm like, this is what a man is supposed to do for you. You see how he did all of this? I didn't have to ask him for anything. You see how he treated us? You see how he like spoils us? This is what a man does. And I realized I don't really need a, I mean, of course I want love and all those things. But I don't really need this idea of I need a man to, sh- to love me so my daughter sees what her mommy looks like being loved because I do. She it's sees just, it in your relationship as well. As well, but, it, but it's, it's not necessarily the, the traditional kind, at least not yet. And I know love is on the way for me, but I realized that I already have that and I have wonderful examples of male, men in my life. And, and, that is, and, that, and I realized, okay, I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. She knows, she knows like... She knows that what a nigga's really supposed to be doing around here. And, I, and it was important for me to call it out, too, to make sure that she understood, too. And that's why I was like, hey, come in here for a second. Let me show you some shit. Let me show you what this man just did for us. Do you understand? This is what ha- this is what, how it's supposed to be. Don't ever accept anything less than this. And this isn't even a man that I'm sleeping with. You know? I think it's even more powerful. Yeah. So And, uh, and also so, someone told us uh, not too long ago, like, dating men that you wouldn't want your kid to date. Mm-hmm. Like, don't keep any nigga oh, that you would okay. not recommend, like, that you wouldn't approve mm-hmm. your child to date. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was like, damn, that's so simple. But can I ask, how do you, how, all three of you, how do you date with your with your children watching? What's that like? What are the considerations? Well, it's been a learning curve, I think, for me. I mean, um, me and her father were together for a really long time. And then I, for a while, I was really about, like, everything must be separate. Like I cannot ever have a man around her that I'm seeing. Like mm-hmm. I kept it very, very separate. And then over time, those lines have kind of, I guess, blurred in ways, like not necessarily like this is who's mommy's dating. Mm-hmm. Like she'll meet a man who I feel like is going to be in my life, regardless of whether we're dating or not. And, and that person usually has, and, and the few men that I've dated have stayed. Um, and so I think that, having your child and like separating this like separating the two I don't know for me I feel like creates this false narrative of like suddenly mommy has a boyfriend out of nowhere Mm -hmm. like who is this strange man that is now Mm -hmm. all up in our shit every week and Mm -hmm. every day like I'd rather her ease into knowing like this is how relationship is built this is a friendship and then oh mommy's in love now it hasn't gone to that point yet but and that's kind of how I navigate um my dating life when it comes to my daughter 
and she's pretty possessive of me though. Like she, oh, girl. whenever what? I've asked her, I'm like, should mommy have a baby? Like I've asked her, like, would you want me to? No, no, nope. nope. It's like, what about boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Like it's, <laughs> yep. we're good. We're good here. We got, we got the men's, we got the men's, like we got the uncles. And, and most importantly, she thinks you have her. Right. And I do. And mm-hmm. I do. That's my, that, and, and, that's my bestie for real. Like that's my little bestie. Tricky. And, um, I've, I, she teaches me every single day and she actually has shown me a lot too of like what, not, what not to tolerate in a man early on. She, she knew the nigga, I, she, my boyfriend that I had, my little fake boyfriend, she didn't like his ass from the beginning. I said, damn, I should have listened to your ass. <laughs> they know. <laughs> I know. They be knowing. Yeah. That's interesting. I think, I think I'm learning to be more of a sexual being. I think similarly to you, Erica, it's been separate and it was, it's been frustrating because it feels like I'm living two different lives and it's like, how do I bring these together? And I think I want to control it. I want to control how he feels. I want to control how she feels, which is just not, it's not possible. Um, But I think I'm learning how to lean into her seeing me be touched and be loved and to be affectionate with somebody else um, without fear that it's somehow going to mess her up or, you know. It's so important, I think, for her to see. I realized that. And for the longest, I thought I was protecting her because there's all this, un- there was uncertainty there. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I got to, you know, I got to protect her from it. Um, but I realized it was more like, one, she's not stupid. <laughs> Duh. I told yeah, you her her daughter one time was like I said well mommy's friend and I said his name and she goes mommy's boyfriend and I was like whoop yeah she knows <laughs> I mean so, even and even the uncertainty I think our kids have to know that things end things yeah. end I, I'm a, I, I'm an advocate for that That's I advocate so for that and hard, it's still beautiful though, well I, I I think that it hurts them it'll hurt, it'll break their little heart a little less. In the future, I feel like when they're when they're navigating relationships and understanding, and they that, can like, still learn how to honor what was. Yeah, and, and I yeah, yeah. That that's big. Yeah, I'm working through that. I'm I'm not all there yet, but uh, I mean, we're, it's all a journey. Like we didn't get the fucking handbook. Like even for me, it's I feel like Luna really does. I love that name. Like male energy. I see her like if I have like a male friend or a guy that like she likes she doesn't she likes that and she'd be like if if someone disappears she's like if you keep stop being friends with all your friends you're not gonna have any friends like she's basically saying bitch you're the problem I'd be like (laughs) no (laughs) sometimes people grow apart and it's okay she's like well what happened I was like we just, it's, we're not friends anymore and it's all love and it's fine. And I don't think I got, like, maybe if I got those, those two liners three times in my childhood, I'd less be fucking trying to connect to people and not let them go hoarding the fuck out of people in my adulthood yeah. that need to go. And it's just like the, the, the pain of them leaving has been so great that it's like, Things end, chapters end, and you move forward, and that is okay. And even like growing up, seeing my mom like hang on to my dad, I felt mm. disappointed, and mm. I felt like it was weak. Until this, till this day, they're fucking intertwined in some strange ass marital non marriage. But I, I feel like had I had more realistic ideals that you can walk away and be fine. That's amazing. It would it, I would probably be better. And I and I and I'm so grateful that I that relationship, my parents' relationship really made me walk away from my relationship with my baby daddy because I was like, I see what it looks like to not honor yourself. Mm-hmm. And actually I gotta go. And I'm I'm glad that, you know, even if my daughter doesn't remember that period, that she she knows that it, things were and then they were not. No matter if she's judging me or not, because you know, I, I want to keep people that she sees loving me, but also if those people no longer serve me, I want her to understand that that's okay too. Yeah. Shanti, do you have more? We're running out of time. No, I, I we're done. I do want to give you guys the rapid fire. I qu- had them pulled oh, up too. Go, go, go ahead. Go, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, to hear your voice. Go tell ahead. what the rapid fire questions so, are. So rapid fire questions are just that. They're rapid fire questions. You have two options. You must choose one. You have three seconds to answer with no three questions or a second. <laughs> no questions or thought. 
thoughts, explanations, you just pick one. Okay. All right. So the only thing is you're both in the room. So we'll go. Who wants to answer first? I'll go first. Okay. And then so you'll I'll ask the question, you'll answer, then you'll answer. Okay. And then the second one. Okay. Ready? <clears throat> Malcolm or Martin? Martin. Malcolm. Generational wealth or familial happiness? Generational wealth. I'm sorry. What was the question? Generational <laughs> wealth or familial happiness? Generational wealth. Jay or Nas? Jay. Jay. Mac or Sephora? Sephora. I'm a Mac. I'm biased. Palestine or Israel? <laughs> that? Can you not? What? <laughs> Girl, you're trying to Welcome get me. Are you trying to get any Israeli friends I have? Both. Both. People. Interesting. Interesting. In the light or in the dark? Light. In the dark. Uh, Prince, Wait, or, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Prince or Michael? Prince. Prince. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Both. You can't do oh, both. Bitch, I like to eat savory. Marriage or long-term <laughs> commitment? Long-term commitment. Long-term commitment. Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? Whole Foods. Whole Foods. I mean, I got a check. <laughs> Voodoo or brown sugar? Wait, what? Voodoo or brown sugar? What is that? Brown mean? sugar? I don't know what voodoo D'Angelo is. D'Angelo albums. Oh. oh. I was like, which shit voodoo? <laughs> I was like, Splenda? <laughs> Are we black? What the fuck? <laughs> a seat at the table or lemonade? A seat at the table. This is Beyonce. I like lemonade. Evolution or creationism? Evolution. Um... Do, 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 this is like religion. Do, 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 do. I love you. <laughs> the non-religion one. Got it. Science. Say less. Nikki or Cardi. Nikki. Cardi. Missionary or doggy style. Doggy. Doggy. Protection or pull out in prayer. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> pull out in prayer. <laughs> pull out in prayer. <laughs> is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? Uchi Wally Wally. Sorry. Uchi Wally Wally. You just went first. I know. Yeah. Uh, Love Jones or Jason's lyric? Love Jones. Love Jones. Sir or Rumi? <laughs> sir? We don't know those kids. I know. I, I was like, sir, the artist? I love that question. It's so dumb. Because people are always like, what? <laughs> Lisa Bonet or Nia Long? Nia Long. Bell Hooks or Audrey Lord? Wait, who? Huh? Bell Hooks. Say less. Make your man a plate or have him get his own? Depends how I feel that day. Girl, you are not sorry. answering these questions. Girl. <laughs> Make him a plate. Depending on how I feel that day. <laughs> you, said, you said girl, and then you said the same thing. <laughs> Knock if you buck or Annie up. Knock if you buck. buck. 9-11, inside job or terrorist attack? Inside, inside job. job. I love you too. Rihanna or Beyonce? Rihanna. We're getting there. Rihanna. Mm, Erica or Jill? Erica. Erica. Brandy or Monica? Brandy. Brandy. <laughs> Uh, Angela Davis or Angela Rye? Davis. Rye? Read a book I or watch it. the movie? Read a book. Read a book. Sundress or sweatpants? Sundress. Sundress. Tony Morrison or Alice Walker? Tony Alice Morrison. Walker. Mm, SWV or Escape? SWV. SWV. Flats or drums? Both. You can't. I told you I'm greedy. <laughs> These drums. Mm. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. That's the only one I got. Netflix. Cardi B or Meg? Cardi B. Cardi B. Cardi B. Okay. Um, travel back in time or travel forward in time? Travel back in time. Mm, wasn't a back. Wasn't a good time for black people. <laughs> forward. <laughs> buy stocks or buy flights. Flights. <laughs> flights. Prove your point or pray for peace. Pray for peace. Peace. <laughs> it was painful, but that was sick. hard. It's a, it's a man over there cracking me up. All right, insecure. Molly or Issa? Issa. Issa. Maya. Okay, fun in your 20s or the wisdom of your 30s? What was Both. The, what was the first question? The fun, fun of your 20s oh, or the wisdom, wisdom of your Wisdom in my 30s. Fun and wisdom in my 30s. See, she not following directions. <laughs> and finally, love and light or money and dicks? Love and All light. Four. 
All right. I feel like I could attract <laughs> money and dicks. Like I have, if I got love and light. That's true. That's this true. Okay. That that love and light. Wow. wow. You really. You're the first person to say that. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Truly, you for I really us. appreciate. It. I'm not a mom, but this is like great information to have, and I'm I'm really inspired by the three of you figuring this out, raising beautiful beings, no revolutionary choice, beings, whole thank beings, you. empowered beings. It's really like incredible, and I'm like. I'm grateful for the work that you do. Please tell Thank people you. where they can. I'm sure they know, but please tell folks where they can find you. Uh, you can find us Good Moms Bad Choices on all podcast platforms on IG. It's Good Moms underscore Bad Choices. Make sure you check us out on Patreon. We have a lot of bonus secret episodes there. That's Patreon.com backslash Good Moms Bad Choices. Follow our retreat Instagram mm-hmm. at the Good Vibe Retreat. We are hosting another retreat in the summer in Costa Rica. So make sure you check that out. Did I miss anything, honey? No, honey. You seem like you've got it all. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> our, 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 twi- our twinsies, our twinsie podcast. I know, it's given that. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate this. I'm happy to connect with you, ladies. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the work that you're doing and that you're going to uh, the festival. This is a big fucking deal. Congratulate yourselves. Hopefully, we get to come. I want to come check it out. That lineup is fine. Yes. Yeah. That lineup is fine. She's at Powerhouse. No, she's still going to stay at my grandma's house. Oh, because I used to go to Powerhouse. I'm like, that's a real one. No, that doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, so with that, we are out. Bye. You have just heard an Around Away Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around Away Curls. We out early. (laughs) Very good.